0: I think it's one of the most important things for this, but even more broadly to deal with so many of the issues that are happening in the workplace. It's about better communication and about more openness to people that are not exactly like you Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to work through those differences versus judging them or being, as you said, afraid of them.
1: It's almost thirty podcast. Hey, hey! Thanks for being. No more there. whispering. No more
2: whispering. <laughs> no more whispering. Twenty nineteen. Because we found out it was me. Was it? I don't. Need it was to totally me. That. No, people have messaged Fuck me. Them up. I've probably gotten ten messages like, "I love you," but you're the whisper.
1: <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, and I'm like, I know. Yeah, they're like, Chris is that loud ass bitch. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Like we know that bitch ain't whispering. <laughs> Mm, yeah, actually,
2: I grew up in a library, y'all. What can I tell
1: you? Yeah, honestly, yo, that says shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, take what you can out of the fact that I whisper. <laughs> I, Aka, I lived in fear most of my life. <laughs> dude. Something I'm thinking about mm, once a day is if when we have the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Asprey back on. Yes, if I'm gonna call him Silky Face Dave, can't wait. <laughs> I cannot. I've been reading his book. Should I call him silky face Dave to his face?
2: Yes. Please let me know. You know, he will love that. DM He'll me. be
1: like, it's my
2: glutathione.
1: Yeah. He's like, it's all the fat. <laughs> it's the butter. It's the avocado. <laughs> but I just dream about it. I've been, but, but now that I've thought about it too much, I, I, it would be uncomfortable and I'd make it, it'd be weird. Like, you know, when you think about a joke too much, I thought about a joke for my yoga teacher like last week. And I kept repeating it when I was like in class. I'm like, okay, I'm going to say it like this. He's going to say this. <laughs> and then it comes out all funky and it's like fucking weird for both of you. I was like- It gets old before you even say it. 100. You're like, oh. And it was, it's just, and you say it too fast. Yes. You're like, da. <laughs> so you, I, or my yoga teacher, we did so many locusts this year on your stomach. your like, arms are out, your legs are up and it's like really good strengthening for your back, which is awesome because for a, a lot of workouts that people do- very front focused core legs whatever so it was the last class of 2018 on the 31st and i was like got up and i was like well steve that was the year of the locust <laughs> like Steve, uh, he's like and then he's like no i think it's the year of honestly <laughs> and that's what my thought process was what if he says it's the year of the pig or whatever the because i think it's actually the year of the pig in 2019 What if he says it's the year of the whatever? And then what am I going to say? Because I need him to know it's a joke. And like, it was like so dumb. And then you
2: just put your finger over his lips and you're like,
1: shh. Yeah, honestly. Steve, I love you. He's like, I love Steve. He too is the best. He's the best.
2: Oh, I'm professional.
1: Talking about Steve Jones yoga. He teaches at Yoga Collective and he also teaches, I don't know where else he teaches, but he's been such a great teacher. Love him. So respectful. I just love his style. Yes. I love his voice too. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I love that he just commands a room, you know, where we're all in it. You know, it's like a, an expectation of presence. So you give it to them.
2: And I love when yoga teachers can leave room for silence and you're like, because then you feel, I don't know what it is actually. When they don't like fill no it with yoga. words.
1: Yeah. I do. I like no music yoga. I can really get in it, you mm-hmm. know. So, no heat, no no music, mm-hmm. preferably on a chair <laughs> with a beach ball. <laughs> and I was like, "Where well, are we now? Wait, I'm at a retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> I was Oops, like, in chair pose. I'm retired. <laughs> no, not chair pose. No chair poses. I hate chair pose. Me too. I think everyone does. I know. Thank I'm trying God. to like it. More We're though. not alone. But that's that. Well, I'm trying to focus more today. Actually, on the way to breakfast, I, I walked backwards for like two blocks. Justin was not feeling it. He's like, Pete, come on. Cause it would, but it works your back of your legs yes. so well. It really does. I could my legs were burning. because you not, going
2: uphill or no, no, just All on right. the street.
1: He was like, he was two blocks in front of me. So it wasn't even like we were together because he was so embarrassed. Cause I was walking backwards in my homeless people, chic attire. Um, your own main street. <laughs> honestly, I'm one of I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Like, might as You're well. You're one of the people that I would have been like, is she homeless? 100% or? I think about that all the time. I'm like, people would think people probably lock their doors when I walk by sometimes, <laughs> but uh, because I'm, I really want to work on strengthening my hamstrings and my glutes next year, not for like to show my ass on Instagram, but for the fact of like I am quad dominant. Most people are quad dominant, and you want to have a balanced amount of muscles on your legs. Yes. So. I was walking backwards. I don't know how we <laughs> got here, but... Oh, so in chair pose, I'm actually thinking about trying to be more on my heels, being able to lift my toes and being really in the pose. It
2: feels really good to be using the backside of your body. When yes. you're in it, it is so much stronger than the front side. I know. So it's almost like you can sit into whatever you're doing more. Like just kind of be... It, it feels more grounded, I guess. I, mean, I don't know what, why, but yeah, I agree. And, and so much of that strengthening is the stretching.
1: Yeah. Sorry,
2: had That's to say so it. That's so
1: true. Like stretching out your hamstrings. Yeah. Yo, my quads are so tight, mm-hmm. so tight. Like I forget what the pose is. I don't know, whatever it is, but I'm pulling my foot back and it's stretching the quads. It's not standing, but you're down in like some sort of pretzel-ish. I know what you mean. You know, you I know what I'm I forget what it's about. called. And, I'm, and you're stretching your quads. I cannot do that for longer than 10 seconds. It
2: is such a deep stretch because it's like, it's
1: like hip flexor into the quad and it's like this
2: one long, like, yeah, it
1: feels so good though. So good. But yeah, I want to try and work on like, you know, just balancing it out.
2: Mm -hmm, I agree. Same. Um, Someone told
1: me I need to balance it out. So now I'm on a mission. (laughs) (laughs) One person says one thing. I'm changing my life for it. I mean, I've made so many purchases
2: recently, like. According yeah, to health or whatever. I have a buffer. Yeah, Matt. Matt I have Tell me
1: about the buffer. I have a car buffer. Oh, fuck. I'm going to use the Theragun before I, I go today. Yeah.
2: Actually, all I really want to do is to have Matt sing my praises of, of spreading the good word about like things you can do. <laughs> He's like, you're spreading the good word. I'm like, no, I'm just like oh, adhere to like everything the you staff,
1: say. I walked in. We're talking about human garage. I walked in the last time I was there with Dr. Luke and... She was like, I was listening to your episodes this morning. Should I get listening about four in a row? I was like, oh, do you feel dumber? So sweet. (laughs) (laughs) She was laughing. It was, oh man. I was just like, oh, you're so sweet. Yeah.
2: I mean, I love them so much. I love Dr. Luke too. I love Dr. Luke. I got adjusted.
1: Have you you been adjusted Mm -hmm. by him? I've never been cracked like that. I have one time when I was very little and it was traumatizing to be honest. Yeah, you don't
2: like that, right? The- yeah. Do not like you, Were you okay with this or no?
1: Yeah, I was, I had to mind over matter and I had to really be in my mind thinking that my body is relaxed, that I'm present, that, you know, you really have to just allow your body to be moved and trust it. And he's so cool. So
2: cool. So cool. And he's so, he's teaching you as yes. he's doing it, which is really, really helpful. Yeah. So that I know what's happening and then I'm able to just connect.
1: I never thought I'd like or, or want to get more done. Like, I never thought I'd want to get chiropractic work done regularly. Yeah. What I really loved was the, um, on my hands and my wrists.
2: Did he pop your wrist back in? What, what did you, no, do? mine oh. wasn't
1: out of place, oh, but okay. mine was just all wacky. Like, just, you know, lots of, I don't know what the issues were, but also to have my fingers popped after like, yes, typing all the time and on your phone with the touch screen, you're like banging on this flat surface felt really good to do that. That was, Really nice.
2: My favorite part of a massage has been oh, always been the arm into the hand. Oh. There's something about just being like
1: touched there. I know.
2: Yeah. On the wrist, the like forearm. Whenever they do
1: that, in your arm's like, I know. I know. So good. I'm always like, is that normal?
2: Yeah. I don't. I, mean, I think it is because there's ner- There's like little. Oh, tendons. it is. I said. I asked them, and they said, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was like, oh god. I like make the massage as unrelaxing as possible. I'm like, hey, is that normal? <laughs> <laughs> they're like uh, I kind of want to just Shut up And not talk I'm like What do you think about That part of my body I
2: always like I'm shocked But And I don't I'm like I, Are you horny I'm always shocked By the <laughs> sound of my voice That comes out After having not talked For a little bit In a massage If they ask me Like they're like How's the pressure I'm like Good <laughs> yeah, <honestly. laughs>
1: I'm like Feels great <laughs> Keep it up <laughs>
2: oh man silly silly we were watching that silly
1: Ricky f- fucking Ricky can you we talk about Ricky you have to follow
2: Ricky Thompson Ricky
1: Thompson oh, sh- on Instagram I'm trying to I think it's Ricky is it Ricky with an E
2: let me double double check um,
1: but Ricky is amazing so it's ricky r-i-c-k-e-y thompson t-h-o-m-p-o-s-o-n and he is a dancer actor and honestly he has the funniest instagram ever the one that he did that was so funny it was him alone in his um room <laughs> and he's like what's the movie save the last dance or whatever not save the last dance but it's like where they have a dance off yes and he's like, and then he's like acting off the dance off and he like looks at everyone. And he's like, all right, let's go. We're going to show you how upset we are about with you. And then he like backs up and he starts dancing. He's like, let's do this. And then he starts like doing the moves. It was so funny. He is. Such a light. Yeah. There, yeah. There's no,
2: anything he wants to say, he'll say with this conviction that just draws you in so deep. And, and I love his posts because you can tag people. Because I'm trying to think of an example Like me every time I look in the mirror And he does this video And then you can like tag anyone That kind of It's just It's really fun and interactive Oh my god He did one with the towel Should we play a little bit of something? What towel? Oh he's Oh he's just dancing Hold on
1: I know you can't get a dance one. No, I'm not catching any more feelings <laughs> The only thing I'm
0: catching in 2019 Is flights Jobs Bags That is it uh uh-uh, I'm not catching no feelings. No,
1: I am not. I will only catch feelings if you caught the feeling before me and you let me know that you're feeling me. That is what I'm saying. <laughs> so good. Love him. So good. That's Ricky Thompson.
2: Yeah. And I love, I'll I'll add one. Sorry, it's another dude. But I love Ariel. You guys already know that. Yeah. Like Ariel. Versace Tamagotchi. Yeah. Oh, Versace Tamagotchi. Trey Kennedy, I love.
1: Ooh, who's that? Trey
2: Kennedy is really, really funny. He does these parody videos. This one is about. You got to watch it. It's about um, girls during Christmas season be like, which is like oh, an old, you know, oh, like the girls, the girls be like videos people have done, but he does it really, really well. Trey Kennedy, T-R-E-Y-N Kennedy. Oh, I'm
1: into that. On Instagram. John330. So fucking Fuck. funny, dude. Okay. Kay. Join the secret Facebook group. Let us know who you guys like to follow, who's funny and fun and interesting. And we'll check it out. Oh, yo. I have to say the funniest Instagram video I've seen of 2019 <laughs> is fucking Ariel when she's acting like she's a delinquent child on Maury. Oh my, where? That shit is. Oh, last year? Wild. No, it's this year, dude. Like, Wait, what? yo, it's the funny, you know, how in the Maury thing, they're like this 13 year old like quits, quit her job and goes to strip clubs. And she's like banging her fist against the wall. And she's like, ugh. She's like riding on top of a car. It is honestly the funniest thing I've ever seen.
0: Wait, which one is it? Holy I'll find
1: it. Is it in a story? Uh, No, it's a full post. Here it is.
0: And stealing. And she says when she grows up, she wants to be a stripper. And this (laughs) nine-year-old is walking around town. (laughs) And it's We're Practically nothing.
2: And believe it or not, the mother of this seven-year-old is devastated.
1: Over her daughter's sexy behavior.
2: I don't even know whose car this is
0: because I stole it from a strip club parking lot after I stripped.
2: to get
1: money for drugs. <laughs> Yo.
2: The best.
1: The best. I'm obsessed with her. I know. So. Ariel. there's a post on there if you guys want to follow her on Instagram. A-R-I-E-L-L-E and she has a fucking hilarious videos. She's number one. And she'll be on the podcast next year. Number one. Yes, you will. So this week, this week, we have Amy Stanton on the pod. Amy Jo Martin connected us. Yes. A great friend. So there was a podcast episode we did on Amy's podcast, Why Not Now? And then we also have had Amy Jo on our podcast. She is a great friend of almost 30. Um, She is a visionary and we were so excited that she was able to connect us with Amy Stanton.
2: Yes. Amy wrote The Feminine Revolution, 21 Ways to Ignite the Power of Your Femininity for a Brighter Life and Better World. Hello. Hallelujah. (laughs) But I think, you know, we've been having the conversation where it's like really tapping more into our femininity and allowing ourselves to express fully and without shame. I think a lot of times we hold back or play small in order to perhaps be seen or get ahead or be accepted by men or just the kind of world as we know it, um, especially the business world. So this book is much needed.
1: Yeah, I really liked it too because um, it was not a focus, but for me a lot of the relation I had to the topics were because of my experience in the corporate world. So I think for a lot of the women that are listening that have, you know, nine to five jobs or work, you know, I guess in the corporate world, these tips, tricks, traits, conversation um, is a lot directed by, you know, that, that industry or not that industry, but it's a lot of what happens in the corporate world. I guess, to say that for the hundredth time. And I think that there's a lot of actionable insights that you guys can take within your jobs. So, you know, a lot of times we have entrepreneurs on the podcast, people who have, you know, done something on their own, but this is going to be really great for those women that are moving up the corporate ladder, you know, to kind of help you navigate and work within that um, ecosystem more efficiently and to feel more like yourself. Yes. She talks a lot too about
2: tapping into your intuition as you become more of yourself and that that is completely okay. And I do feel like there's, you know, obviously there is a movement happening, but there is something happening where women are being placed in positions of power and it's making a lot of people uncomfortable. And I think we've talked about this on the pod, but this is, the path is being widened, I guess. And, and it is by our bravery and our commitment to our intuition and expressing ourselves fully that that path will be not only widened, but paved. Mm. And it'll be like permanent, you know? Paved and
1: glitter, bitch. Paved and fucking glitter. And that's the thing. And, and in this book, it talks a lot about um, the things that men have once used against women as being negative yes. and it takes those and turns them into positive. So the fact that we emote more or we often take things hard or um, we often prefer connections with people over, you know, just being a soul. person business relationship, a lot of those things can be turned into positive. So I'm excited to share in this conversation with you all, bright and amazing individuals. Yes.
2: So enjoy this episode with Amy Stanton. Let us know what you think. Join the secret Facebook group on Facebook. And we have about almost 9,000 people in there talking every day, supporting each other, laughing. It's incredible. Mm. And we're just really grateful to be continuing to have these conversations in the new year. And if you have suggestions for guests, topics, maybe even suggestions for Krista and I as solo episodes, because sometimes you guys see things that we don't, we'd love to know. So either shout it in the secret Facebook group or DM us on Instagram. Yes.
0: We're always there, baby.
2: Yes. All right,
0: enjoy. I haven't felt that overwhelmed by a film in a long time.
1: Ah. Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't stop thinking about it. Fried green tomatoes for me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But Jack and Rose, honestly, that's how I felt about Leonardo Leo with Rose. I'm like the way he looks at her.
0: Yeah, man. We need to discuss this afterwards. I want to hear what both of you think about this film. Okay. After we see it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah, seeing it this week. You. I have to. I'm seeing it Friday. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you don't have a plan. No, either. I have you, you to see it. You okay. can come with I'm you.
1: going to Migos. Oh, right. That's right.
0: <laughs> oh sorry, <laughs> going to Drake and Migos. <laughs> That'll be so fun So fun
1: That'll be fun I need to brush up I always
0: I'll do that I'll be like crying Answer time I know <laughs> <tone>. And I'm like <laughs> a Very different Hell tone.
1: yeah <laughs> Hell yeah Fucking
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Getting> right Fucking <laughs> <laughs> right
2: uh, We got Amy Stanton in the house wow. And we're talking about A Star's board. <laughs> we're already deep into it Deep into it Deep um, into it Well we said before But um Amy Joe Martin introduced us and we're just so happy like mm-hmm. we felt so connected to Amy so when she connected us we were like oh okay ears perked up and your work is really important and timely and something that we've been discussing between each other mm-hmm. kind of the the idea and so before we even you know knew about your book so read our minds read the world's mind and um yeah we're just happy to have you here
0: Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm a fan of the podcast. Aww, and thanks. I've definitely been hearing lots of buzz about you too. So it's so Aww, fun to meet in person. Thanks. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're so happy. Little And you're us. in Venice. I am.
2: Which is so nice. I
0: am. I grew up in LA, but lived oh, on the did. East Coast for 16 years and then came back to LA, but I came back to Venice. Yeah. Were you yeah. In New York? All different. Mostly in New York. Okay. College in Philly. Oh, okay. I'm from Philly. I saw that with your yeah. area code. Yeah. Where'd you go? Penn. Cool. Well, <laughs> Sick, sweet. What's the pen, <laughs> what's the mascot? The Eagles. <laughs> Eagles. This, oh my God. What's wrong with me? The Quakers. No, it's the Quakers. That's was like, so, it's, like, that was a test it's for myself. Than that. No, no my high school Eagles, mascot was Eagles, the Eagles. That's NFL. Exactly. Okay. And, and Brentwood Eagles. So there's a lot of eagles. So thank. F- I'm so glad you came up with that Philly <laughs> connection. Because otherwise,
2: you're welcome. Well, you can miss the Quaker dancing around the court. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. it's Just another person. Yeah, it's Quaker. kind of the dorkiest mascot of all. Well, time. now okay. kind of
1: moving towards dorkier mascots. Totally. I know. Because yeah. you got to
0: like play it, play it safe
1: with mascots. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's you why you got to be like a comet or something. <laughs> just
2: something
0: that's like not. Yeah. Like. Alive, Yeah. Really. Right, like that there's or no alive. Or like an amoeba. Yeah, yeah.
1: literally.
0: You need something that can't offend anyone. Yeah, like yeah.
1: a black hole. You're saying <laughs> yeah. like, we're the black holes. <laughs> totally
0: you know, exactly. Someone you would find, find that out. offensive. Someone would find yeah. it offensive. That's I know.
1: It's so true. Peace <laughs> and blessings. <laughs> um Wait, we're in Venice. You don't need to. You can.
0: <laughs> She's out of the How crazy. How close to Irwan? <laughs> yeah, literally. Just close enough. Yeah. Okay. So Erwan. If you went once a day, there's like a 90% chance that I would be there because I'm there twice a day, usually. I haven't been there in a while.
2: We're trying to get a drink there.
0: Yeah. What kind of drink? Shout out Tara
2: from Four Sigmatic. We're We're going to get Four Four Sigmatic. Sigmatic. (laughs)
1: Um, We're trying to get like a beverage made. Mm -hmm.
0: Our friend Pia got a
1: beverage made, so we're just copying. Okay, cool. (laughs) That's the way the world works. Yeah, (laughs) totally.
0: I fully applaud that. So what would be in your beverage? Good question. We were talking about I, that. I know you asked. I wanted more time.
1: Uh, <laughs> we're like, it'd be pink with yeah. glitter. Yeah. It's like, um, unicorn tears. Definitely would have collagen about, in it. How about collagen? Apple cider vinegar is a good one. Oh God, that's disgusting. It's disgusting, <laughs> but it doesn't taste that bad. It's so good for you. I'm just thinking of the combo. I feel like Krista should lime. have lime and I should yeah, have one. yeah, A little bit of lime for alkalizing properties. Um, so
2: whatever, like- base we put in will uh, just curdle. Yeah,
1: literally.
2: <laughs> so many things. I don't know. We'd have to think about it. Yeah. We're not, we're not talking about this yeah, right sorry. now. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Another thing we
0: can debrief on yes, after yes, the fact. Yes. yes. Okay. Exactly.
2: Cool. Um, so for our listeners who don't know who you are, I'm sure a lot of them do, but um, I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us about what you've been up to. It's been a lot. I know. Mm-hmm. There is
0: a lot mm-hmm. going on. It's true. So I started my own business about 12 years ago called Stanton and company, super creative name. Yeah. And nice originally it was focused in women's sports, representing female athletes and working with brands in the women's sports space. Cause nobody was focused on women's sports. And at the time I felt like there was really an opportunity to help build more positive female role models Funny that it was 12 years ago. Cause if you look at how much the landscape has changed for women and the women's landscape and how many people are now talking about female empowerment and how many more women are in the spotlight, it's been incredible. So when I started thinking about this idea, everyone said, Amy, you're crazy. There's no money in women's sports. You're not going to be able to build a business, which of course made me want to do it even more. So I kind of took a leap of faith. At the time I was the chief marketing officer of Martha Stewart and had always wanted to start my own business and because I had worked on New York's Olympic bid before Martha Stewart, I'd worked with all these incredible Olympic athletes and I was super inspired by them and felt like they just brought so much beyond being just the best in their sport. They're also nice people and want to make a positive impact in the world. And lots of them are family oriented and good students and just all all around great people. So I felt like more girls and women and humans needed to know of these women. So started the business, suddenly had this roster of amazing female athletes, lots in action sports and Olympics. And then after the first couple of years, really I sort of looked at the business and thought this wasn't exactly what I envisioned because it was intended to be more of a sort of full service marketing and PR agency. Moved back to LA, split up with my business partner at the time. And started working with tons of brands in healthy, active living. So natural foods, Four Sigmatic is one of our clients. Mm-hmm. Hi again to Tarot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And sports and fitness and health and wellness. And we work with some amazing experts and lots of them are women. So lots of the brands are built by women, targeted at women. So still doing tons in the female empowerment space. And then decided to write a book because I've done so much work with women and had my own personal experience of feeling like no one was talking about femininity. So many important conversations around feminism and equal rights and bringing women to the forefront, but no one was really exploring the feminine and femininity in a way that we have. So the feminine revolution has begun. (laughs) Mm, What does that mean for like, what's the difference between,
2: um, femininity and just kind of like female, I guess like taking the female, the power part of it and just allowing women to kind of like, I don't know, drop into that side of themselves. What has that been like for you personally?
0: Well, the reason I started exploring is because I felt like in my work, which had always been such a huge focus for me, I had developed this Group of skills and qualities, which I think are super valuable and important, but they were more masculine toughness, assertiveness, directness. And each of them do serve me in my work and probably beyond my work. And I, but I started wondering if that was filtering into my personal relationships and could help explain why I hadn't met the man of my dreams. And it made me wonder if there were my more feminine qualities. I'm actually an incredibly sensitive person. I cry. I am deeply emotional. Uh, And I realized that maybe I was no longer letting some of those things come to the forefront because I felt like they weren't welcome because society considers femininity to be weak and feminine qualities to be weak. And that's really why we wrote the book because we want to help women on an individual level rethink that. And take a look at ourselves and everyone's gonna define femininity for ourselves. We'd each have our own way of thinking about it. We each have different qualities that we would embrace as part of our feminine. But what we hope is that we can go through 21 qualities in the book and really break them down, show why they've been perceived as feminine and why they've been perceived as weak and then turn it on its head and show, these are actually our greatest gifts. These are our superpowers. The fact that we're emotional and sensitive and that we cry openly, These are things that make us our best. So it doesn't mean that tomorrow I should go into the office and start painting my nails and talking about tampons, but it means that maybe I shouldn't be repressing some of my emotionality because that emotionality is what lets me connect with people and lets me work more closely and comfortably with clients and helps me understand people in a bigger way. And so those are gifts. Why am I hiding them? Did you ever have moments where you were like,
1: where you realized you're like, oh, I'm I'm forcing myself to be so
0: in my masculine? Sometimes it would feel that way after the fact. And sometimes it still does. But I would have a call or a meeting or something that I would leave feeling just unsettled. And I'd think, I'm just wondering if there was a different way I could have handled that. But I felt like I had to be in a fight mode. And by the way, it's totally understandable because for the longest time, all of the leaders were men. So those were our role models. If we wanted to be a leader, we learned to lead with masculine leaders and times are changing. There's so much more of an environment of openness to a more feminine approach. And without getting political, I would say that if you look at so many of the toxic masculine issues that are going on in today's society, Powerful femininity may be the antidote.
1: I completely agree. It's also (laughs) fucking annoying because it's like everything is on us. Like when you are, and this isn't you, but I sometimes feel like that. I'm like when you're the more evolved one, it's always like okay. So we, it's like then you understand your role in the situation and you understand how important it is of your energy in what you're creating in the situation. So it is, it is. It's like our femininity is more important, but it's like also like.
2: It's a lot of it's so pressure much. and work too. Yeah,
1: I always feel like that too. Cause I'm like, I have my own work to do, but then in situations I'm like, okay, I have my own work to do, but then I also have to like think about or like try and help in the balance of the masculine and feminine, whether it's my personal relationship or, you know, other relationships that I have. Sometimes I'm just like, I look forward to the time where there are men that can stand up and sort of be examples and, Mm -hmm. um, be great allies to women in that way and sort of show that. And I think they are showing up and I would love for, you know, our community and group to kind of give us examples of those and we can have them on the podcast and stuff. But sometimes I'm just like,
2: I know, does it ever like, like, yeah being a professional and having your own business, like, does it ever just get tired and dating like Mm -hmm. in a personal sense, like, and to flip flop between the two, you know what I mean? I almost feel like, can I be the same in both? Like we're sorry, I'm like bouncing around, but like we have some important meetings coming up and these meetings are with men, which is great. Like we're totally that's not the issue. It's more like I find myself saying, okay, Lynn, so how are you going to be in this meeting? Mm. The, the the And then I say, well, just be yourself. And then I'm like, okay, I know myself, but is, is that, you know what <laughs> I mean? I know, it's like, like, you're like, but which one, <laughs> but which one? So many personalities, <laughs> but it's like, I also am curious to know like how they would react to me being like that more feminine Version of myself, are they just going to like overlook that and just be like, oh, another whatever? Or do I kind of have to like be a little bit more in my masculine? So it's just interesting
0: to like battle with a little bit. It is. And truthfully, there's no one right answer. I think the whole point of this conversation that we're starting is for everyone to be able to take a look at ourselves and go, where is it working? Where is it not? And to have more awareness around it. Again, these, these bigger conversations around women's rights, super important. But this is an opportunity to take a look at ourselves and go, how am I showing up? And even to ask that question, who am I? And am I? we're going to bring different parts of ourselves to different parts of our lives. I think that's normal. And we are each a combination of masculine and feminine. But... If they're parts of ourselves that are actually more us and we're hiding them because we feel that they are not going to be welcome, that's the question we want to ask. So thinking about your example of going to these specific meetings, yeah, I think where could your emotionality serve you? Here's an example. We have a chapter about seduction. Seduction obviously could be a heated topic right here and now, but it's not just about wearing a sexy outfit and trying to lure someone in. It's also about using your gifts to get what you want. And that could be as simple as sitting in the boardroom. And instead of being the loudest in the room, it could be sitting back and listening and absorbing and then swooping in with an idea that really accounts for all the things that have been said, you know? So that's a seductive approach, which we would say is a feminine one. Yeah. Taking pause mm. and like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously a specific example, but I think there's so many of them, you know? And and sometimes men don't respond well to women acting like men, you know? Unfortunately, there's so yeah. many labels, and this is one of the big things we're working on is, let's break down what those words mean. We have a chapter called Be Controlling, because we're actually asking women to lean into these feminine qualities. Be controlling. How many of us have been called bossy or controlling, not in a positive way? Pretty typical. (laughs) Pretty typical, right? So we're saying, wait a minute. The fact that we're controlling is part of what makes us so great at our jobs. It's why we're great taskmasters and project Mm -hmm. managers, and we're so organized and detail-oriented. So the next time someone says you're being controlling, instead of beating yourself up over it, say, You're right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm doing what I need to do. So much of it's about self-talk. And we spend so much time giving ourselves a hard time about these labels. And so that's what we're trying to break down. Like where, where is it serving you and where is it working against you? Yeah. Specifically like for
1: the workplace.
0: Well, no, also in real life. Yeah. (laughs) Real life. Right now the (laughs) workplace feels like a lot of my real life, but, but yeah, everywhere. Work, personal relationships—you know—I've been as going through uh, going through the writing process, writing the book, which is a first for me and definitely outside of my comfort zone because I've never done anything like that before. Um, there have been multiple points where I've had to take a moment because I, I could feel myself getting into my like fight or flight mode. Like, Oh, the publisher doesn't get the title that we are excited about. How are we supposed to deal with that? You know, and these are new challenges, new things that need to be worked through writing with a writing partner. We've had a great experience doing that, but there have been moments where we're just figuring it all out, you know? And so in, I, at those moments I've said, okay, take a step back. How can I approach this in a feminine way? How can I bring grace to this situation? And I don't think you can ever go wrong with that. And I think that's true in personal relationships, too, you know. i I had something happen with my mom yesterday, and I we were emailing back and forth. I picked up the phone, and by this point i it was already a little out of control. But I thought back, I'm like, you know what? I should have just waited until I was calm. And then just picked the phone and had a conversation about it, you know, and try to express where it was coming from so that it didn't take on a life of its own. Hindsight is twenty twenty, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course.
2: In terms of writing the book with, is Catherine, was she a friend, is she, I know she is now, but like, had you had a long-term relationship? Um, so what was that process like kind of fleshing out this idea and sharing experiences with one another?
0: It's a cool experience to work on a project like this with someone else. I had been talking about this for over four years and rolling my eyes at myself. Like, how can this still be going on? Because every year felt like the best year to do it. You know, it has to be this year. I actually think this year is the right year to do it. But Catherine and I met through a mutual friend because I was telling him about this idea and he said, you and Catherine are going to totally hit it off. We had this long breakfast that could have gone, forever, gone on forever. And really, she's an academic ran strategy for Disney on a lot of the women's prop- properties. So the rebranding of the princess and some really interesting, important women's initiatives. And so we come from totally different experiences and backgrounds, but then had this shared vision for a, how important it is to be talking about femininity, but also why it was important and, and how to bring it to life. So it's been such a cool process because after talking about it for over four years, suddenly there was accountability. And I had a business partner when I first started my business. And then we split, split the business up and are still friends. But I remember thinking, I like doing things on my own. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I really mm-hmm. sometimes. I mean, you are our partners, yeah, and it seems like you're doing great, yeah. Um, But there are ch- sometimes where you just feel like, you know what? I know what I how I want to do things, and especially with a business, like when things go wrong, I'm totally okay taking the fall for it because I don't want someone else to be responsible. It just it took some of the pressure off somehow doing it on my own. But with the book, it was really amazing to have someone that could commiserate when things were a little challenging and then also celebrate mm. when the wins happen. Yeah.
1: Mm. And as far as like, so doing this book, I'm sure there was a lot of revelations that you had. What have you applied then since to your business now, like from the book for the women that work for you?
0: Well, I think some of these things I've been applying forever. So for example, we have a chapter called Cry Openly. I come from a family of criers. I've always been a crier. When I was young, I was a crier. When I started working, I was crying. And trust me, it was not well received in the workplace. And I think not understood. I think that was part of it. But I really encourage the women in my office to cry. I mean, it's obviously, would prefer it not get to that point. But I do think, first of all, there are physical benefits of crying. It's actually really good for you. And in addition to that, it allows someone to see how much you care and that you're passionate about what you're doing and that you are a human, you know, versus us all running around being these tough guys, you know, tough ladies. Um, so as much as it's uncomfortable and, and I actually just had a conversation with someone about this who asked what, what are you supposed to do if the environment doesn't really allow for that? Cause by the way, I don't think anyone chooses to cry Like when you start crying, it's not because you were like today, I feel like I'm going to go into my boss's office or cry, or I'm, I'm going to get in a fight with my boyfriend and burst into tears. Like those are not typically (laughs) by choice. So be prepared, you know, go have a way of verbalizing it. You know, if, if you're crying to your boss, then you can start out by saying, I'm really sorry. I'm emotional right now. It's really because I care or, I'm sorry I'm really emotional right now. It has nothing to do with work, whatever the reason is. But just instead of then because I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have anytime I've cried in times when it wasn't appropriate by other people's standards. I spend a lot of time thinking about it afterwards and just pissed at myself because I'm like, why did you do that?
1: Even though it wasn't shame.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's
1: even hard to like, for me to, I'm like, cause I think about times that I've cried and maybe I have so much shame around it that I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. And now it's even hard to beat, to think like, it's okay. Like, I guess for us, you know, with almost 30 in our team, it's like, of course it's okay to cry. You know, being in the creative space, it, doing what we do, like we cry every event, you know? So, but being at, And when I was in management consulting, it's hard to think about me crying and have it be productive. You know, I guess, and I'm not saying that one is better than the other, but like ours is so emotional and deep that like, I don't know what situation would have warranted a cry that made sense in a job that I didn't care about. So I think it's different when you care, but I think there's like a lot there as and also part. too, I don't think
2: people hold the space for that. So therefore, you're like, oh, it's definitely not going to be productive totally. if you cry. So if they and were then like, if someone
1: was like to come over you it would pro- to you, it'd probably be weird. Mm-hmm. It'd probably feel like be like, oh, you're gonna hug now,
0: and then it's like, <laughs> you know, like you're like, oh. that's a whole other dimension of stress around it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I'd say try it out <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> again. Yeah. It's not by choice typically, and still, like I actually for the first time in a long time because I've I'm less of a crier in the workplace now than I used to be, but I did burst into tears twice last week, I think from sheer exhaustion and yeah, (laughs) because I've been such an advocate for crying and no one, I didn't, I wasn't too worried about anyone judging me because it is I got to practice what you preach, you know, but at the same time um, it was, it felt like, you know, a loss of control. So I just thought, but what could I do, you know? So now they know. I'm exhausted and actually I need help and I need support and, and I needed for them to know that. I mean they're they're really there. My team is really there for me in general, but I do think there are actually benefits to this situation as much as I was not wishing for it.
2: Um can we go into some of
0: like the 21 ways
2: yes. um and how you've kind of flipped to just kind of give people permission to mm-hmm. shine a little bit brighter in those moments.
0: Absolutely. Well, again, crying openly is one of the 21. So mm-hmm. I say, get out there and cry. <laughs> I wanna cry in air one. I oh my God, why. we
1: saw me and but- Justin saw. <laughs> do it. I'm surprised that would feel like fine. Too bad Irwan people would be like.
2: <laughs> they, they would literally create a circle around you. Honestly. Be like, oh. yeah. We were driving or we
1: were walking and Justin's like, do you see that girl? And I looked and there was this girl and she was driving this little Beamer and she was like. <laughs> 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 driving Go, down girl. the street. I know I felt for her. I was like, I wonder what's going on. Mm, I totally. know. You know. And then yeah. you
0: sent some good vibes her way, I bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. Wow. Does cry, anyone.
1: I, I, crying in the car. Rocks. Rocks. Yeah. Rocks.
0: Yeah. Music, driving, alone. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you forget, though, that the people next to you are looking at oh you. I mean, I thought about it because on the way home from A Star is Born, I was sobbing. Oh, that's oh, the God. best healing. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fine to a point, but then when you're really, ne- you need to stop the car at some point if it's really <laughs> extreme, which it was. Yeah. It was. So uh, other examples. Mm -hmm. So another chapter is be controlling. We're encouraging women to throw themselves into that controlling nature and not to feel bad about it, not to beat themselves up because that is, and again, everything within reason and moderation, but it's so much of this is about allowing ourselves to be, if we are controlling and if we're a control freak, which I'm sure I've definitely been called a control freak and I've called myself that, use it to your advantage. You know, don't don't run away from that and go. Oh, I'm going to pretend I'm not controlling. How's that going to work? You know, yeah, so much of this anxiety. is us like protect protecting ourselves and trying to hide these qualities from other people. Totally. It's not going to work
1: mm-hmm. in the long what run. What do you
0: do then, as a control freak and as a fellow control freak? So
1: I'm a control freak, but then I get upset when I don't get help. What do you do?
0: Mm. Meaning, do you know what I mean? You yes. have things
1: you like to do your way. Yeah, like and- vacations with my family, as an example. Okay. It's like. Everyone knows I'm a control freak, so I do everything, but I don't have
0: the time to do everything. Right. But I don't want them to do anything because it sucks. So I think maybe in that (laughs) particular case, which is totally understandable, I would say pick your battles. Figure out like the things you care the most about and then delegate. Yeah, because the truth is we, even those of us that are control freaks, we don't care about everything. There are certain things we really do care about. So focus on those and be controlling. Another example would be be mothering. And that was kind of an interesting one because we didn't, we had some conversations with the publisher who didn't want us to call it be mothering because they were concerned that would be alienating. Now I'm not a mother. I hope to be a mother. So if anyone would be alienated, it would be me. Catherine has two beautiful kids, but being mothering is obviously another has negative connotations of being too hands-on and too, you know, too controlling and we're saying lean into that the fact that you're nurturing and that you care about the people around you is part of what makes you your best and feel your best you know when you're and and again i mean i'm mothering as i'm running a business i have 9 young employees that i feel like i'm responsible for i'm not their mother but i do make sure to look out for them. And if I feel like something's wrong energetically and they're not feeling good, or if maybe I was too tough on someone, like I'm thinking about that all the time and I'm going to get in there and be the mama bear. So instead of feeling like when, so- when someone says to you, your boyfriend or whoever, stop mothering me, you got to go in and go there. There's so many good qualities of that. There's so many good benefits for that person. So again, don't judge yourself. Uh, another one, use your sexual power. Also controversial right now, right? Because as women, and we talked a little bit about this, how do we find this balance between being feminine and kind of letting these things out of us and then also being this professional and also not sending the wrong signal and not not when we're out there flirting, not doing it in a way that's sending the wrong signal in a way that's going to, hurt someone's feelings or ultimately come back to bite us. You know, and it's it is it's like it's a very heated topic right now for so many good reasons. But we're saying lean into it. And again, everything is nuanced. I think that's a really important word as we're talking about all these things because it's not so black and white where we go today I am controlling, tomorrow I am agreeable. But the the fact is, and I and I can speak from my own experience, I think there are times where I feel so kind of locked up in my work mode where I can't relax and just like let this other part of myself shine. So, and and it's not about necessarily using your sexual power in the office, certainly not at Stanton and Company with all the ladies, mm-hmm. but... But being being aware of it, you know, there's, I tell a story in the beginning. We each, Catherine and I alternate telling stories at the beginning of each of the chapters. And one of the things I talked about in the sexual power chapter is my secret, but not so secret now lingerie closet, because I love lingerie. And it's not, I mean, right now I'm single. <laughs> not enough men are seeing my lingerie, sadly, <laughs> but I do love it so much. Yeah. And it makes me feel great, you know? And I I feel like, it's a little bit of a secret weapon. So it's not necessarily about flaunting it in this Mm -hmm. very overt way, but it's about really just reminders almost. I think too, like how we feel about whatever energy we
2: are in, in the moment. So say it's like super feminine or sexy or whatever. If we are owning it and really in our bodies and not questioning it, it's almost like it helps others on how to think about it, like so, if I'm like questioning whether like the thing I'm about to do is slutty, I feel like someone else can pick up on that and be like, "She's, n-, you know what I'm saying?" Yeah. Where it's like,
1: it, it like there's an energetic,
2: there's thing. an energetic thing happening, and I'm like thinking back to like just situations. I'm like. Moments where I've really owned it and just like where I don't put so much shame in it or pressure on it, then the other is able to receive what is happening in the truest form rather than like me being like, okay, should I like fuck him or (laughs) like, you know what I mean? Like just like that type of stuff where you're like, just so long as you are so in your power and in your body, Mm. I feel like others are like, okay,
1: cool. And with that, (laughs) it's like, if you do fuck he's like, should she fuck (laughs) me? And then he's like, I don't know if it, you know, like, yeah, There's always like,
2: there's know, energetic questions, yes, and like you're just, I know it's funny
1: do. Yes, yeah. Anything I question, people then maybe say something or yes, yes.
0: you know, it's really hard to be honest because it, we all know this expression, fake it until you make it. The reality is sometimes we don't know the answers, so in that scenario or others where we don't, it's not clear necessarily, but that's, I think part of the process is getting clear and getting, getting to a place where we are our most authentic selves. So whatever we do, we're not going to question it. We're not going to be second guessing. And a lot of it does come with life experience. I think where you've just had enough experiences where either things went right or things went wrong and you were fine either way. Same, you ended up same human on the other end of it, it allows you to feel better taking risks or not judging yourself the whole time through.
1: It's interesting to think about too, like, mm, 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 men. Men. <laughs> money. <laughs> and it's interesting to think about men that are more feminine, you know, kind of that are repressing their feminine in the workplace because they also feel like they're in a, um, masculine dominated workplace and they need to adhere to these certain, you know, it's almost like I almost feel mm, not. Yeah. I feel worse for them, but that's so hard. you know? That's hard. Cause we do. It's like, we have a, the not an excuse, but there is like, well, she's a girl, you know, it's degrading and demeaning to say that and be like, well, she's a girl. She's going to be emotional. But like for men, they, you know, the ones that are feminine, maybe have it a little bit mm. harder because they don't even have that excuse, quote mm. unquote,
0: of that stereotype. Mm-hmm. It's yes. so true. And I think we hope that this conversation can positively influence the environment, which would then also allow men to be in their feminine in a powerful way. You know, I think it's, it's definitely applies, it applies for everyone. So the first step is consciousness, but I think you're right. I mean, they're the same. We have obviously 21 different judgments in our book that have been thrown around in ways that sometimes we're conscious of it. Sometimes we're not. Um, And we're turning those on their head and saying, as women, if we embrace these, we're actually going to be our best. We're going to be happiest, feel our most powerful. And as a result, the world is going to be a better place because everyone will benefit from it. I hope men can have the same experience. And I hope that an environment, a world that embraces and celebrates femininity is also be- better for men because there have been so many conversations now more than ever about encouraging men to be able to show their sensitive side and their emotionality and their vulnerability. It's really important. Yeah, it'll I'm be nice to agree. see
1: a shift that happens. Uh, there should be training. You know, it's kind of like the new HR. Like, we definitely need to train appropriateness in the workplace, but not coming from a fear, you know, not coming from like, well, guys, you can't do anything, you know, kind of like there needs to be a real understanding of like what's been happening and what's going on, what's okay, what's not from a non-attacking place because the men that are receiving it that are, you know, childlike and that will be like, wow, whatever, aren't going to receive it in the best way. Mm -hmm. But then also too, it's like there needs to be a training in the workplace about showing emotions and emotionality and, you know, how to receive that and how to like work with that and how to navigate that on the team and how, um, people can like express themselves.
0: It's so true. I think it's one of the most important things for this, but even more broadly to deal with so many of the issues that are happening in the workplace, it's about better communication and about more openness to people that are not exactly like you And figuring out how to work through those differences versus judging them or being, as you said, afraid of them. And God, I'd love it, femininity training. (laughs) But it would be more broadly, it is. It's about learning to communicate with each other. I wish kids could have this kind of training at a young age. I mean, they're being trained. Yes. And the opposite. You know, it's
1: like. Don't cry. Yeah. I was like talking to Justin the other day about it. And he's like, I'll never forget. I went to the store and I wanted my little pony. And his dad, you know, who's an angel, he's so sweet. And it was back 30 years ago, but it like moved him towards, he's like, no, you know, like, let's keep looking. Like you might want like something else, you know? And he's like, I'll never forget that. You know, cause I was like, why? He didn't understand, hmm. you know? And so like that, and like engendering is happening so young. Yeah. And it just really starts there.
2: I think too, like if men, were able to feel that side of themselves on a more consistent basis, they would have more compassion Mm -hmm. for the women that they interact with, whether personally or in the workplace, you know, like then we all just become human Mm -hmm. instead of like, you're a man, I'm a woman. It's Mm -hmm. like, he could say maybe in his heart, like, Oh, I've definitely felt that before. Like I've wanted, you know what I mean? Like it's true for, for them to feel it on a more consistent basis. So it's not like this, the one time they cried at work, you know what I mean? It's just like, it is a roller coaster and we can like ride it together. It doesn't have to be like, oh, everyone has to be strong when that one person falls down. It's just like, we can ride it together and and experience this like wide range of emotions and still get work done. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, that's really interesting. And just at a young age, that's really interesting to kind of think about. Yeah. What we're like telling kids.
1: And I think like boys don't cry, you know, even like, I
2: remember, I mean, my dad is an angel as well, but I remember because he was uncomfortable with crying, he, I would always cry when I would talk to my dad, if I was kind of in trouble or something like that, I would just get very emotional because I think we're so connected. So I just like, whatever. And he'd be like, Oh, don't, don't cry. And he just meant it like he didn't want to see me cry, you know, because it like hurt him. Right. But I think it's interesting, like if someone isn't comfortable, then they kind of shut, they say, oh, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And that like kind of
0: puts something in your subconscious, like, oh, if I cry, then I'm making other people feel uncomfortable. Tons of examples of that. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times was I told as a kid, oh, you're so sensitive. And then in the workplace, you're so sensitive. And what does that do? It means I feel like I need to toughen up. And and is that toughening up ultimately going to serve me in all ways? No. And and what about all the incredible parts of being sensitive? The fact that I understand people and the fact that I can read a room and the fact that I can pick up on stuff that other people can't. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the power of sensitivity. So people ask what do i hope will happen as a result of this book well first of all i hope i do someday have a daughter but if she grows up in an environment where someone says you're being too sensitive i hope she says thank you you know that's there's got to be a cultural shift because for boys and girls to feel like it's okay to express yourself and be yourself hmm. how are you using this work in your personal life it's a lot it is a lot and as I mentioned, I think part of it is just really practicing it. And it's not, it will never be perfect, but just thinking to myself, how did I show up today? And am I, when after I cried in the office, is that okay? You know, how do I feel about that? Or if I'm feeling this example with my mom, is that I'm feeling anxiety around something and instead of be expressing it as anger and frustration because it's triggering something what would have been a gent- gentler more graceful way to handle it you know but just really processing things in a different way and and allowing myself to be a certain way and not not constantly second guessing it and going cuz mm, cuz part of it's that feeling of these as we talked about these two parts of ourselves are fighting against each other, you know, how do I bring it closer together? So it's just the same Amy that's showing up wherever I am. And, and that I'm happy with that Amy, you know, and I, whether she's in a more feminine mood or not, <laughs> but, but definitely allowing the femininity to shine through. And it's funny. lately I've been, I don't even know, like, pink is just finding me everywhere. Like pink toothbrush, pink razor. Like it's just a time of pink. So maybe that's subconscious. I don't know, but (laughs) I'm definitely embracing the pink Mm. as I'm wearing all black right now. (laughs) 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 So
2: from the book, I feel like have, have people that have been close to you, like read it and kind of been touched in a way that has surprised you.
0: Yes. Well, First of all, yes, it is surprising to me. A, that people are reading it. I think there's a, a rude awakening where you go, wait a minute. I went, th- like I, I got into, put my head down and powered through this process mm-hmm. of writing it and all the things that needed to happen to make this come to life and bring it to the market. But I don't think I really thought about the fact that people are going to sit down and read it. <laughs> and that you, in order to write a book like this, you have to get pretty personal about certain things and it is a vulnerable experience and you have to, especially if you're writing about femininity, be willing to be vulnerable and willing to kind of allow all that. So um, I've gotten some great feedback from not a lot of people have been able to read it because the book is just coming out. and um, But they, the people that have or read parts of it have definitely felt like they saw things in a new way. And that's, that excites me because that's, that was the intention was to have a new conversation and to talk about things in a way that people hadn't thought about. And, and of these 21 qualities, everyone's going to respond to different things. Like there will be certain chapters that will resonate for me that wouldn't resonate for you. And that's part of what's cool about it because we want this to be an individualized experience. One really important thing, which I realized we haven't talked about yet and definitely ties into... My How I'm integrating femininity in my personal life, and we have a chapter about it as well, Mm -hmm. is dancing. Mm. Ladies, (laughs) you guys have to come with me. I'll go. Alexander Roxo always talks about that. John Wineland. Oh my gosh. I can't get over it. It's been transformative. So I started taking this dance class, multiple dance classes as it evolved, but regularly, and I mean very regularly, starting last January. So it's been almost a little over a year and a half. And it, I think it's interesting how it coincided with writing the book because for me, the dancing is this immediate way to physically get into my feminine and to, to be really out of my head, you know, no analysis required. You're just like really in your body and it feels amazing. And it's super freeing and super challenging too, because I, these are choreography classes and I hadn't danced since I was like five years old. What's the studio again? Because It's Amy, called LA no. Dance Fit. That's right. Okay. And uh, it's in West LA. Oh, it's oh, really? literally, I'm sorry. It is so close to here. It is so really? close to here. You could walk there practically. What kind of classes? So I take mostly jazz funk. And so sometimes it's lyrical. Sometimes it's more jazzy. Sometimes it's Broadway jazz. Um, Occasionally, they That's integrate hip hop. Hip hop, it is so fun. I but- used to
2: be in dance classes, mm, eight classes a week. Oh my god! And I like, mm, I don't miss that much, but like, I miss that. Just like you know, the whole class itself is kind of leading up to like when you when you get to do the combination like a few times, and each time you kind of like let go of a little part of what's been holding you back either throughout yes. the day. That's so cool. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, please come. Let's make a I date would, for that. Oh, totally. That'd be done. so fun. I actually really enjoy dance. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely
1: do that. <laughs> I like it because it makes your brain get out of your brain, you it, know, because you, you
2: have, have to no focus choice. so much. You're like... Yeah, so fun. <laughs>
0: it's very healthy.
2: Uh, what, are you, what are you excited about this coming year? 2019.
0: Oh, well, I'm excited for the book and mm-hmm. seeing where that goes and hoping that lots of fun, unexpected things happen as a result of that. This is such an important time for us in our world politically. I hope to see a lot of changes and I hope to see more people getting active and communicating with each other. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for the man of my dreams to appear.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's on his Me way.
0: Too. Yes. So those are a few things. I few feel little like you things. you needed to birth this book. First. It's funny you say that. Actually, a few very intuitive people have said that exact thing, and in, it's in the great relationships that I've had. I don't know how I would have had space to do it, to be honest, because I get caught up when I'm in a relationship, you know. And this required a lot. I'm still running a business, of course, and that requires a lot. But then, really, the creative process and everything around it, and just it's an all-in kind of thing. So. Fingers crossed. Well, actually, not even. That's not even fingers crossed. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> um, how can our listeners connect with you? So I'm Amy K. Stanton on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, and then you can find out more about the book on Feminine dot com. Great!
2: So excited for you.
0: We should do a little giveaway.
2: Give Catherine a hug for us. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but thank you for being here. Thank yeah, you this so is much. Opening. I know Um,
1: (laughs) Enjoy guys And then join the secret Facebook group We can talk about this We can talk about some of the ways In which we want to bring femininity Into the workplace Mm -hmm. Would love to have this as a conversation
2: Yeah
1: We love you Love you See you next week Bye Such a good one. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining us on the podcast. The book is called The Feminine Revolution and it is available wherever books are sold. Uh, the book was actually written by Amy Stanton and Katherine Connors. So that is the joint author in that book.
2: Yes. And as always, thank you so much for rating and reviewing Quickly, we'll share our review of the week. Woo, lifesavers, five stars. These girls, I tell you, they made this Almost 30 thing a lot more understandable. They've brought me so many resources and people that have such that have been such a help to making sense of my Saturn return, spiritual journey, et cetera. You feel less alone, like there's a whole community out there that feels the same as you. Plus Lindsay and Krista become like two good friends catching up with you. I appreciate so many things about them, but I love that they are so present during interviews. You can tell they truly listen to their guests and don't just ask topical misguided questions. Love, love this podcast and the supportive community they've created. That's from Jay McIntyre.
1: Thank you, Jay. Wow. Thank you so much, thank you taking that in. The um, reviews are really important just to continue this podcast to get us to get us access to amazing guests. Yes, is what I'm trying to say. Yes, um, so that's why you know we are grateful for them. Of course, for the nice things that you say to Lindsay and I, I couldn't you know. It, Uh, To hear just one of the, to have one review that says something like that makes my life, but to see so many means so much. But it's really important for us to continue the conversations that we're having to bring on even more exciting guests for the new year. So thank you so much for going on iTunes and writing a review. Yep. You're the best.
2: And you can also listen to us on uh, Spotify Mm -hmm. and Stitcher and SoundCloud. So on YouTube. So if you find yourself unable to get onto iTunes, maybe you don't have service, you can. Grab them anywhere else. Yeah.
1: And in February, we have our second event of the year happening in LA, uh, February 9th at Sage Wellness off Abbott Kinney. We are doing a workshop with the amazing Alexandra Roxo um, in light of Valentine's Day season. So we look forward to seeing you there, almost30podcast.com to get tickets for that event. And that event will sell out. So make sure to get tickets um, as soon as you can.
2: Yes. And we are in the middle of our Your Podcast Pro program. It's been a blast and so enlightening and really exciting to see everyone's little light bulbs above their head light up mm-hmm. and um we're excited that there will be more podcasters out there um expressing themselves but if you have a podcast or you are looking to start a podcast uh we do have separate resources for you on yourpodcastpro.com and we will be doing more programs um uh, down the line so we're excited about that stay tuned for that but just check out the website. And if you have any questions, please let us know.
1: Yourpadcastpro.com. See you next week. Love you.